spent some time with Dave Ramsey's group. And then as I was having more and more conversations, I came across an aha moment, which was, what do you mean business owners aren't looking at their financials? Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Do you struggle with getting your message in front of the right people? I don't mean figuring out which of the many social media channels to be out there. Whenever you have a new offer or a new opportunity or even a new resource that you really want to share with your community, do you struggle with getting your community to actually open your emails? I have created a really awesome in-depth workshop where we'll go through exactly how you can use a welcome series. It's a series of five to seven emails that people get when they first join your list that creates a curated customer experience and leads to higher engagement rates, higher conversion rates, and higher open and click rates. You can join me and grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. If you've ever wanted to create an engaged community that you know is going to be more eager to open your messages, learn about your offerings, and of course, expand the audience in which see your offer and have the opportunity to invest their time, energy, resources, and money with you. This is definitely an option for you to get those welcome series written. So this three-hour workshop will be a get-it-done style, training, time to write, and time to get feedback. Grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. As you know, Audience Converters, we are here to talk about how you can build a business and a community that helps you get your message out to more people and, of course, build the business that will let you build your life. And a huge part of that is making sure you have the funds and the money to do so. But so many of us are focused on you know, getting in revenue, getting in revenue, that we don't necessarily follow where all of our money goes. So today I'm super excited to talk to Rocky Lalvani, who is all about Profit First. I discovered Profit First a couple of years ago, and uh, Rocky is uh, going to be here and chatting with me today about how to use it and how to put it into your business and why it is so incredibly useful. Rocky serves as chief profitability officer for business owners. He teaches them how to ensure they get paid and make profit a priority. As a certified Profit First professional, he implements Mike Michalowicz's Profit First system, changing the accounting formula of sales minus expenses equals profit to sales minus profit equals expenses. And that, let me tell you, is a big, big change. And it ensures that profit comes first. It's not about money at all costs. People come before money. Rocky started with nothing when his parents immigrated to the United States when he was just two years old and his parents were in their 40s. It was their second time starting over in life as they moved here to experience the American dream. And in spite of a lot of struggles and his mom passing away when Rocky was seven, he's been able to achieve financial and life success. He's here to share his journey and let us talk about Profit First. So Rocky, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you today, Kimberly. Absolutely. And you know what? We're here to talk about something really important in the world of entrepreneurs, and that is talking about profit. Right? A lot of people, they'll see messaging out there. They'll see approaches out there about how to make a, you know, six figures, how to break 100K, how to break seven figures. But that's all talking about 
revenue, right? It's not talking about the money you actually get to keep in your pocket. So before we dive into kind of your approach to, to running finances for businesses and how you help people become profitability officers, I'd love to know a little bit about your story. Tell me a little bit about how you kind of got started in this world and uh, what led you to uh, helping others figure out how to use profit first. So ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be wealthy. I wanted to be a millionaire. I don't know where it came from. And I spent my time learning the principles of money. I was kind of lucky in that because my parents were immigrants, they would get together with their other friends that had also immigrated here, and they would talk about things like money. And I never realized that most people didn't talk about money, that it was a taboo subject. And so I know you had an episode on money mindsets. It kind of gave me, I guess, the right mindsets around money, about it just being a tool and that there is a way to build wealth, then you can kind of go out and do it. And so I always wanted to be in the money space, but what I found when I graduated college, when I was looking at all the stockbrokers and stuff, I'm like, these guys aren't making people wealthy. They're making themselves wealthy. And I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't sell this crap to my friends and family. I'm not going to do that. So I kind of went off and did another career and it was good. And throughout that time, I built wealth and probably about wow, it's probably been like eight, nine years ago. It's like, well, what's next? Like I'm doing this because it pays me, but it's not what I love. And I learned about financial coaching, spent some time with Dave Ramsey's group. And then as I was having more and more conversations, I came across an aha moment, which was, what do you mean business owners aren't looking at their financials? I assumed that if you were a business owner, you knew the business of business. And I found out that that was the furthest thing from the truth. And I'm like, but I'm good at this. Like when I look at spreadsheets and tax returns, they tells me stories. So I'm like, I think I found the perfect calling for what I really want to do. And a couple of years ago, I had enough at work. I'm like, screw you, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go do what I love. And I joined up with Mike and his team. Um, I know all the, like the principles of Profit First I've used since I got out of college. And I could have created my own system, but that wouldn't be doing what I loved. That's a lot of work. So I'm like, (laughs) let me just hook up with Mike. They've got a system. I can go do the parts that I love and focus on. And that's kind of how I got to be here. That is such a great story because, you know, there's two things that you said, right? Number one is that you assumed that business owners knew how to run a business, right? Like there's this idea that, oh, if you're running a business, then you understand the business of running a business. And the reality is, especially among entrepreneurs and, you know, people in the coaching and author and online expert space, most of us don't have business training. So we're kind of figuring it out on our own. We're kind of navigating the waters and being like, hmm, I hope this is what's going to work. Maybe using the uh, magical search tool of Google or, or Alexa or another one, like looking up how to run specific things, but none of us really know how to do the business running side. So I love that, you know, you kind of recognize that you kind of wanted to help others and that you could have made your own system, but why, you know, try and reinvent the wheel when you've already found a system that you've been using, even though you didn't have a name for it and uh, help others figure out how to use it too. Absolutely. It was a 
perfect match. And then it was just having the courage to walk away and say, let's go. Absolutely. And the other part that you mentioned, right, is that you grew up in a family that actually talked about money. And not only did they talk about money, but you were present when they talked about money. And that is a rarity, right? A lot of us don't really have that background. Money is that thing that you don't talk about, right? Uh, you don't talk about what you make. You don't talk about what your coworkers make. You don't ask your coworkers what they make. Uh, and you don't talk about you know, your successes because money is one of those taboo topics, right? It's kind of like a, I've got this image in my head of going into sixth grade science class, right? And you know, today, let's talk about sex. But you're not talking about that because it's not okay. It's, it's that thing you don't talk about. And money has become that thing, especially in the entrepreneurial world, that we all know we need it, but we don't want to talk about it because it just seems this thing that we shouldn't be talking about. But if you're not making money, then you're not running a business, right? And that's true. And it's funny because I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics and I have an MBA. Neither of those taught me how to make wealth and make money. And that is a fascinating observation, right? Uh, that idea that even people with an MBA don't necessarily know how to, how to build a wealthy life, right? No, they don't. It's been an eye-opening experience. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit more about that. What has been so eye-opening from somebody who actually did get the training in economics, who did get the training in quote-unquote running a business, but that didn't really help you build a wealthy life? So I think a big part of that is what you talked about on your previous episode, which was money mindsets. We all have money stories. And I don't think we really, as a society and as a culture, understood that well. Behavioral economics has now become much more popular, and they're now understanding, hey, we behave a certain way when it comes to money. It, the same part of our brain lights up. When, when the stock market drops, it causes that part of our brain to light up as if a tiger was chasing you. So think about it. When you start getting into these emotional situations and you get into fight or flight, you don't want to face it. You don't want to deal with it. And most of the clients that I work with, they're quite clear. Like, I don't want to look at my financials. It, you know, I'd rather curl up into a ball and cry or it gives me a headache or, you know, They've got a weird relationship with money, but they have the parts of their business that they love to do. Mm -hmm. When you're in that situation, you've got one of two choices. Either you buck up and learn it, or you find somebody to put in that seat. And if you think it's your CPA or your bookkeeper, they're not. Your CPA and bookkeeper is not taught how to make profit. Your bookkeeper's taught how to process transactions and categorize them. Your CPA is taught how to do your taxes, but they actually, they have a reason not to make you profitable. So what happens is at tax time, if you owe taxes, you don't blame the government. You blame your CPA. So your CPA's goal is, I don't want you to owe taxes. And I want to cut your taxes so you think of me as great. Well, the only way you cut taxes is by overspending. Then you don't have profit. So it's kind of this weird <laughs> catch-22 that they're stuck in. And it's, it's been interesting to figure out all these little pieces. It's the things we don't talk about or look at that are going on behind the scenes. 
Oh, that's so true. I mean, I just, I just hosted a summit and we had quite a few speakers who talked about money and money mindset. And uh, one of the big things that they were all talking about was, you know, knowing your numbers. You have to know your numbers before you can decide or figure out where your profit is, how to increase your profit, how to increase your revenue. And so many of us are afraid to look at those numbers. Or it's not even that we're afraid so much as we don't even know where to get started. So it just seems like too big of a task, right? We just don't want to look at it. Um, and I love your analogy, right? It's, 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 that, it's that big tiger that's going to chase you away. Uh, that's what money is to a lot of us. So let's talk about, you know, profit first. What is profit first and why is it such a powerful tool? Because as you mentioned, right, CPAs and bookkeepers, their job isn't to make you more profitable. Their job is to make sure that you pay your taxes or that your transactions match up with what they're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, right, as business owners, we want to have profit so that we can continue to grow and build the life that we're wanting to build. That's why most of us became entrepreneurs. So tell me a little bit about Profit First and what that means. So Profit First is actually based on an age-old principle. And many of you may remember, you know, 50, 60, 100 years ago, people would get their money and they would separate it into jars or envelopes based on what they needed to spend it on. So they put money aside for their rent, money for food, money for utilities, and they would essentially give each dollar a job. And that's essentially what Profit First does for business owners. What Mike found is that, as you said, people look at these things and they don't have the right ways of looking at the reports. And what Profit First does is it gives you clarity on your financials. And so what Mike has you do is set up multiple bank accounts, each with a purpose. So you have your main account where all your money comes in. And the reason he did this with bank accounts is because most business owners will look at their bank balance. They don't look at their financial statements. So he's leveraging your bad habit, essentially, of looking at your bank balance. And what they'll do is they'll have one account where the money comes in and then you allocate it out to your other account. So you'll have a profit account. So you take your profit first, right? That's the new equation. Sales minus profit equals expenses, which means expenses are the leftover, not profit. And you constrain yourself. Then you put money in your owner's pay account because we always forget to pay ourselves. We put money in the tax account because when tax time comes, we freak out at the tax bill. And then what's left is our operating expenses. It was really eye-opening for me, I will say. You know, I am one of those many entrepreneurs. I got started. I started my own business, right? I was going to be a copywriter and uh, I was kind of guessing, right? That's the other problem when it comes to money and talking about money is that many of us guess about our pricing and we don't really know what it costs to operate our businesses. So I was kind of guessing. That was kind of my approach. And uh, then I was introduced to Profit First. And um, I think I heard it from like a, another copywriter who was building a group. They were, you know, highly recommending, you know, go, go and read Profit First, go and read Profit at first. And they were able to actually get Mike onto a training uh, for the community. And so I read Profit First and I love the way the book is organized because it's very much for, you know, where are you? Are you a beginner? Great start here. And then if this is not your type of business, don't read past this particular section until you start, you know, implementing this. And this was that whole idea of making sure, you know, as you said, right, many people look at the bank account And they're like, oh, I've got tons of money. Okay, great. I can go invest in that training. I can go invest in that conference. I can go um, 
invest in getting some outside help, whatever it is. But we forget to pay ourselves. We forget to take out profit so that we know our business is making us some kind of money or savings. And we forget to take out the taxes. So then when all of those come, it's a big surprise and we don't have the cash to pay for it. So I love this approach of profit first and I use it myself to make sure that I know, well, where is the money going? And what he talks about is, you know, with your profit account, it's going to be a little bit at the beginning. And then, of course, you always want it to be growing. Uh, but it can do things like, you know, give you a nice dinner out or uh, you can start using it to pay for a trip you're going to take, whatever it is that you want to use it for. But it kind of gives you that positive reinforcement that your business is actually letting you build the life that you want to live. And that's true. You should get rewarded and the system ensures that you get rewarded for the risks and the work that you put into your business. And it does give you a true picture of how much money is truly in your bank account that is spendable. And what I mean by that is when you look at a bank account full of money, you don't know what the purpose of every dollar in there is. But when you separate it out into the accounts, it creates crystal clarity of, oh, this is for my pay. Oh, this is for my profit. Oh, this is for taxes. Okay, this is truly what I have left and this is what's spendable in the business. And I even recommend, you know, if whatever accounting software you're using, you can always put in forward transactions so you don't forget that you've got money already allocated out of that account that's already been spent. So tell me a little bit, um, one of the things you mentioned, right, was that your CPA and your bookkeeper aren't going to help you increase your profit. And your title, as we introduced you as, right, is to become the chief profitability officer for business owners. So what is like a, a hack or um, a kind of a, an approach or a task people can start to do to increase their profits? So I think we are given, again, right? We're told the wrong information. You're probably told like everyone else, you got to spend money to make money. Mm. And that is not true. I tell people, you don't need more resources. You need to be more resourceful. One of the things that Mike talks about in the book is called Parkinson's Law. And Parkinson's Law basically states that whatever resources are allocated to a project or a business will be used up. So if you come to me and say, hey, I have this project, I go, well, what's the timeline and what's the budget? You say three months and $100,000, well, it'll take three months and $100,000. But if I come to you and go, well, I've got three weeks and 10 grand, you'll find a way to be resourceful. You'll find a way to get it done in three weeks for 10 grand. So you've saved yourself a ton of resources. Now people go, that's not possible. How is this possible? There's another principle that you've all heard, but you don't all apply or focus on, which is the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. 20% 20 of what you do produces 80% of the results, which means 40% of what you do produces 96% of the results. So ask yourself, what is the 60% I can get rid of in my business and take that little 4% haircut and have much more time and money available to truly focus on the pools of profit in my business that are much more advantageous to me? 
It's a good question for all of us to kind of ask ourselves because as you mentioned, right, we're all doing all the things. That's kind of like the popular phrase when talking about entrepreneurs is you do all the things, right? You have to do all the things. You have to be all the people. But at the end of the day, you're great at something. What is it that you're great at? And what is it that you're doing that you can hand off? And it's not just about handing off and, oh, that's another expense, but you are freeing up your time. You're freeing up your mental energy. You're freeing up so many things that aren't making you money that you can hand off to somebody else and then focus on the things that do make you money, right? So, uh, you know, I know the Pareto principle, uh, especially um, in terms of copywriting, how to structure that, all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's true... um, with Parkinson's law as well, um, I've heard it referred to as, you know, Murphy's law is everything that can go wrong, will go wrong, I believe. Uh, But Parkinson's law, I've I've heard of as well. And it kind of relates back to uh, giving yourself strict timelines, right? As you said, if you give yourself three months to do something, it's going to take you three months to do it. If you give yourself three weeks, it's going to take you three weeks. And that's a that's a, an approach I use in my own life and my own business as well. I'll give myself a focus session. It's 40 minutes, 20 minute break and another 40 minutes. And that's how much time I have to complete a particular task. And it's amazing what you can get done in 40 minutes when you're just focusing on that one thing because you're telling yourself that's how much time I have, right? Very true. And you've summarized it perfectly. The other thing is that I think part of what this also does, when you focus on the finances, you start to figure out if you're appropriately pricing your products. Because when you look at the resources that go into something, I find a lot of business owners, especially in the beginning, underprice themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to, to look at your time and resources that you put into something to determine if it's bringing you value. So you might have three or four service lines that you're offering. One of them might be highly profitable because it takes very little resources and time you get paid well for it. You might have another service line that's sucking up all your time and resources and maybe you're even losing money on it. But if you don't take the time to sit back and and work on your business instead of in your business and see that big picture, then you're going to struggle. It's so true. And there's this myth, I think, that the more expensive products or or services that you offer, the ones that are going to make you the most money, because not necessarily, right? You have to factor in how long does it take you? What kind of resources go in to that particular type of project or service that you're offering? And, you know, break it down, right? You don't necessarily need to be reporting your internal hourly rate to your client, but figure it out for yourself. Go ahead and time yourself and see how long it takes you to finish that 10K project versus the 2K project. And is the 2K project, you know, if the 2K project takes you two hours and the 10K project takes you 100 hours, which one is more profitable, right? Exactly. And you've got to, someone's got to take the time to figure it out with your company. And I will tell you, even large companies have the same problem. If you look at big companies, they face these same types of problems and nobody wants to figure it out because nobody wants to be the unprofitable part. And on top of that, the CEO can't go to Wall Street and go, hey, I'm cutting my sales 30% and doubling my profit, he'll get fired. <laughs> so it's, it's so weird that there's all these counter forces to helping us to be successful with money. So true. 
And uh, I think just having more of these conversations, right? Having more people come forward and talk about, you know, this is the way they run their business. This is the way they run their pricing. This is the way they run, you know, their profit first system. It, it kind of just, it normalizes money, I think, for entrepreneurs, but it also kind of opens opens our eyes as to what is possible and uh, what is really going on with our finances, right? Um, you know, as you mentioned that one of your clients, right, they're like, I want to go curl in a ball. I don't want to look at the numbers, but somebody has to. So figuring out how to make that happen uh, so that we can identify, well, where are the profit drivers, right? Can I identify what is the best use of my time? Because then I should be handing off some other stuff. So let's, uh, let's shift a little bit, right? We talk a lot about building community and you are, you know, you're doing this um, process of, of helping to build this community of more people who realize that profit first is a, a better option for running their business. So tell me a little bit about, you know, where do you meet your community and, and how do you uh, take them through the process of conversion? So I do a couple things. Number one, I'm on, there's so many networking things that are available now and there's so many on Zoom and they're free. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding all those opportunities and places to go meet people. But then what I do is rather than having a push type of email sequence, I created a podcast. And the podcast allows me to be in people's heads for hours learning about who I am and what I do and how I do it. So I just teach on the podcast, share success stories. And people who are interested can come there and learn. And usually if they come through the podcast onto my calendar, there's no sales involved. They've already decided that they want to work with me. So the podcast is essentially a marketing tool. Uh, And on my podcast, I literally go through every step of Profit First, all of the chapters of the book, and I, I teach people all about it. And so that has been one of the one of the easiest ways to kind of do marketing without having to constantly bug people. I like that approach, right? Without having to constantly bug people. Um, My whole approach, right, to marketing is that it should be helpful, right? You should be answering one question in any campaign that you put out there, and that is, how can I help you? So with my podcasts, with my emails, with my social posts, they're all about, you know, how do I help my audience? How do I help my audience? And I love that you were talking about, you know, the way to bring them into your world, right? It's no longer a sales conversation because they already know what you do. They already know what you can help them with and they're ready and they're saying, hey, I want to talk more because I think I'm ready to work with you. So telling stories and teaching is always a great way. And of course, it, it kind of ties back to making sure that you are helping your audience and that you have your audience in mind first. I think too often, you know, people I work with, a lot of my clients, I'll ask them, you know, who is your audience? They're like, oh, well, I serve, enter a really generic term here. (laughs) Like I serve all entrepreneurs. Great. I think you've described half the world. Uh, I serve uh, women over 40 who, um, I I don't know, are, are wanting to be empowered. Well, what do you do for them, right? I serve people who want to lose weight. Again, I think you've described half the world. You really have to dive in and define who your audience is, who you're really talking to, before you can start answering those questions, before you can start being helpful. Because uh, if, if you don't know who you're talking to, then how are you supposed to know exactly how you can help them? And that, I think, is a mistake that most business owners make. They make it too complicated and they don't make it clear. I've, I tell people, especially when we talk about podcasting, 
a five-year-old should know what your podcast is about, <laughs> right? And, and if a five-year-old can understand it, you've got it down. If you've got to explain it or if the, you know, people want catchy titles, but a catchy title that isn't crystal clear is going to come back to bite you. Very true. Very true. My podcast is about how to convert your audience and how to bring them in. <laughs> and uh, I think it's true that uh, that applies to a lot of different parts of business, right? We want to be clever. We want to make sure that we can serve all that we can serve. But at the end of the day, you really have to be very clear. People have to be able to understand what you do, not just so that they can decide if they're a good fit for you, but so they can tell their friends and family, oh, this person's a great fit for you because they clearly understand what it is that you do. So we've talked a bit about profit first. We've talked about money. We've talked about how it can be that flight or flight scary thing in people's world and it doesn't need to be. What would you say is that first step? What is the first action step people should take so they can start putting, uh, you know, getting profit out of their business? So I like to get people to start small and then compound. So just go open one extra bank account. And every month, just put 1% of your sales in that bank account. That's it. And after a couple months, start to look at how you didn't miss the 1% and how it's growing over time. And you'll start to see the power of creating systems with money and the power of what Profit First can do over time. And after three months, if it's going well, make it 2%. And three months after that, make it 3%. And you'll slowly build up a profit account. And you'll start to see how that money grows. And as you see it get really big, well, then you'll have a little bit of success and a reason to go full-blown and start the full profit-first system. Absolutely. And it's true, right? If you start small, like with the 1%, it's not a huge amount. You're not going to really miss it, but it starts to build and grow. And then after a couple of months, you can look at it and say, hey, this is what I've made. And it can also kind of reinforce, right? Reinforce your reason for doing what you do when you realize what you're doing is actually uh, providing the benefit to all of the people you're helping, but it's also, you know, giving you extra cash to do what you want to do to build the life you want to live. So Rocky, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and for chatting with me. I'm a huge fan of Profit First. I was so excited to meet you and talk about Profit First and how it can be useful for people building a community. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they find you? So the best place is my website, which is profitcomesfirst.com. And on the website, you can find links to the podcast, which is Profit Answer Man. I also have a course on Profit First, and if you want two free chapters of the book to get started, there's a place to sign up for that as well. Awesome. And everyone, the links for uh, Rocky's website will be in the show notes, of course. And once again, Rocky, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing with us, and for sharing your wisdom with our audience. Thank you so much for having me. It was uh, a blast to share. All right, folks, until next time, remember to convert your audience and keep calm and carry on. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.